You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan. Welcome to the show. We are back with the Hot Take Podcast. We are going to get you into all of your week three news. Um, man, it is, we are getting deep into the season now, Blake. I mean, all of a sudden we're going into week three. Yeah, I'm starting to put up some crooked numbers, man. It's getting crazy. <laughs> oh, man, we got to talk. Let's open up talking about um, the Thursday night game. We're going to get you into all of your start sick questions. We're going to talk about some of these quarterbacks, man, because it seems like you know, about a quarter of the league is using their backup quarterback now. But let's start with one of those backup quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew II. Looking pretty good. I mean, on a Thursday night against the Titans, I really didn't expect him uh, to be able to carry the game as well as he did. Um, but he's got some good receivers. It's a good scheme that they got in Jacksonville this year with the passing game. And I'm liking what I'm seeing from this Jacksonville team. Yeah, honestly, it was kind of a tough matchup going up against Tennessee. Uh, I was a little bit nervous with him, but I do like the connection he's got with DJ Chart. Uh, you know, we got the little the baby shark memes going. Uh, you know, he's got some other good receivers, too, with D.D. Westbrook and Conley. And, you know, of course, Leonard Fournette was not at all good in the first half of that game last night. And Gardner Minshew stepped up in that time where Leonard Fournette was not playing well. And then after the after the halftime there in the second half, Fournette started to pick it up a little bit. And you kind of saw Minshew not do a whole lot in the second half. I think part of that was just the game script. You know, they were up by two scores there for a while. And, you know, eventually, you know, they got a, they got a field goal, went up a little bit more, and then Tennessee scored. So, you know, they were just kind of trying to suppress Tennessee's offense more than anything. So a lot of running late in the game. Uh, but, you know, I think moving forward, they're going to be in a position where he's just going to keep passing. And, you know, I, I think that he's a good pickup for a lot of these people. You know, you got Big Ben, Drew Brees, Eli, uh, the crazy people like me who might have drafted Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, and, of course, Fitzpatrick was only my backup guy. He was kind of a, a flyer pick, you know, but – at the end of the day, sometimes you're going to have to replace those guys, especially with bye weeks coming up in, in a couple of weeks. You know, and we're looking at Breeze out for six weeks, I believe. Eli, you know, we don't know. They might flip-flop and come back to him eventually. But uh, you'd think at this point, if they're finally going away from Eli, they're probably going to leave in Daniel Jones for the rest of the season, uh, unless he gets injured, of course. And then, you know, with Big Ben, he's out for the year. So, it's kind of a crazy world right now. Last year, you would probably say that Daniel Jones is a decent start uh, going against Tampa Bay. Last year, Tampa Bay was a pushover for any quarterback. Uh, so you saw that on your schedule and your, your eyes lit up. Now, not so much. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have come in uh, with Todd Bowles at, uh, as a defensive coordinator, and they're really playing solid defense. Um, they got in Domicasu. They their, their front isn't. Uh, as bad as people think, and they really are getting to the quarterback. Um, so, yeah, you, I, I, I would look other places besides Daniel Jones this week. 
But sticking with uh, DJ Chark, because you mentioned him, 18.5 yards per reception, 83 catch percentage right now, 83% catch percentage for the year. So 15 of 18 targets he's pulled in. Um, obviously a great start in three games for DJ Chark. Um, I think what's more pressing and, you know, more relevant for fantasy purposes moving forward is that DJ Chark is the clear-cut wide receiver one for this team. D.D. Westbrook did everything he could last night to make that clear because he dropped everything, and they really – they have him returning punts too. So that's not the worst thing in the world, but I really do think that that's kind of an indication of how the team views D.D. and how they're using D.J. Chark because he's on the outside. He's in that wide receiver one spot. And Gardner is giving him a chance with those 50-50 balls, back shoulder. Um, and like I said, 18.5 yards per reception. So he's getting downfield. Um, you got to like what you're seeing from Chark. Uh, he was a waiver wire pickup after week one. And look, if you picked him up, I, I would feel very good about adding an extra wide receiver one, wide receiver two to your team for the rest of the season. Um, Larry Fournette is interesting, Blake, because, man, he couldn't get up across the line of scrimmage last night. But – um, he, he popped off for 69 yards on one play. What I really like about Larry Fournette right now is that on, when they're lined up in shotgun in Jacksonville, he's actually calling out the pass protection. I don't know if you saw that, but he was doing that a lot last night where he was actually calling out the pass protection. Um, so that just kind of goes to show you what, how Jacksonville, they want him on the field. He was on the field for 100% of snaps last night. Um, no other running back touched the field. So I really like that if you're a Leonard Fournette owner. Um, I think you can feel good about that. Um, anything else on this game? Anything else on the Titans side? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are kind of calling for the Tannehill train to start. I am. I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know. If you're Tennessee Titans, are you really happy with Mariota or Tannehill? Yeah, I, I don't – I just don't see it I being – I think that Tannehill can – you know? I think that Tannehill can get the ball out a little bit quicker, I think. Because that's the big problem with Mariota is he's not getting the ball out, and he's got a lot of good receivers there. Um, maybe it's the scheme. Maybe because, like, if you looked at what the Jacksonville Jaguars were doing last night, they were getting the ball into their receivers' hands quick, um, where Mariota's looking more downfield and he's holding on to the ball. I don't know if that's the, the plays that are drawn up or the quarterback, but they got to figure something out. I mean, I would, I would pull Mariota myself, but – you know, they've inv invested a lot in Marriott, obviously. So there again might be another guy who you might have drafted late in the draft. Within the next couple of weeks, he might be another guy that's not playing. So that's something else to prepare for. Uh, of all the quarterbacks on the waiver wire right now, um, and, you know, there's a lot of guys stepping into good offenses. We got Teddy Bridgewater. He's, in, he's the quarterback of the Saints now. And then we have Mason Rudolph, uh, Josh Rosen, Look, he's going to have to show you something before we really start putting him on our lineups. But of all these QBs, Blake, who are you looking at? Yeah, so right now um, I'm, I'm looking in the short run because I think that Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph, Daniel Jones, those, those are the three uh, that long-term I'm looking at. Obviously, Mason Rudolph's got the whole season. He's the one I'm most high on. I like the group surrounding him a little bit better than these other quarterbacks. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, yeah, he's got a great group around him with Kamara and Michael Thomas, and, you know, he's got plenty of guys there. But right. uh, 
the one thing you have to worry about with with Bridgewater is they do have Taysom Hill. Right. Yep, and he could they start. They like having him on the field. You know, even while Drew Brees is in there, they like having him on the field. So he could start eating into some of those. You know, they like to do trick plays at the goal line with him and a bunch of stuff. Or if Taysom Hill vultures a touchdown from you, right. that's really going to hurt you. But with Mason Rudolph, he's their guy. And he looked pretty good last week, you know, with con- considering he was coming into that game cold. Now he's got a week to prepare. Kind of a tough matchup this week. So I don't think I would personally be streaming him for this week. Uh, with the 49ers, have looked a lot better defensively. But that being said, I think this week, if you're going to stream a quarterback, I'm going to start with Kyle Allen. I like this going, call, Blake. Yes, going up against the Arizona Cardinals. It's a great matchup. Uh, Kyler Murray's looked pretty good, too. So we've got two Texas quarterbacks going head-to-head here. Uh, but, but I really just like this matchup, you know, going up against Arizona. And Kyler Murray's going to, I would think, score fairly easily on the Panthers as well. So this could be a back-and-forth game with two young quarterbacks you know, and Kyle Allen beat out Will Greer for this spot. So, uh, obviously, the Panthers have a lot of confidence in him. So, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with him. I just think the ceiling's a little bit more there. You know, we talked about with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, where Taysom Hill might cut into that, and then with Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, I think I think he would be a great play too. But with the tough matchup, I'm probably going to wait and see if he's still around for next week. I'm calling it right now, Blake. I don't know if the Panthers will do this, but there will be people calling for Kyle Allen to take the place of Cam Newton. He'll, he'll be healthy, and it'll be a controversy of, well, wait, should Kyle Allen be starting? Because I think he's going to play well enough in this game. Um, like you said, it's a good matchup. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are fourth in the league in plays per game through two weeks um, with 68.5. Carolina Panthers are actually right behind them. Uh, 68 plays per week. So um, if they keep with that pace, the Panthers, you know, the, Kyle Allen's going to have a lot of opportunity. Like you said, I think that the Cardinals will score some points. Um, so it should be a back and forth type of uh, matchup. So I like Kyle Allen for this week. That's a great play. I would definitely play him over Daniel Jones. Um, so yeah, but my, I'm going to go with Mason Rudolph as the guy that I would play of these quarterbacks that we're talking about here. Like if you're a Ben Roethlisberger owner, um, and the waiver wire just looks pitiful. I mean, there are probably a couple names that you can consider besides Mason Rudolph. Um, but of these guys that we're talking about, these backup quarterbacks that are stepping in for injured player, I would go with Mason Rudolph, the 49ers, they just put up over 40 points, um, so ideally, if they're scoring, uh, you know, I think that the Steelers could be in a situation where they're down from behind um, and you might get some nice garbage time from Mason Rudolph. He has nice receivers. He has the chemistry with James Washington. I think they connect for a long bomb in this game. Um, so, you know, it's a good offensive scheme there. And Rudolph, like you said, Blake, looks good. I've always been a fan of Mason Rudolph. I've been waiting for him to get his opportunity. Um, it's time. He might I wanted have- his opportunity last year. Right. And I said, I thought it was going to happen, honestly, especially with Ben Roethlisberger saying if he, he doesn't know if he has it anymore. He seems a little bit more motivated now, like he wants to come back. So this might be this year for Mason Rudolph, and then he, you know, gets back to the bench next year. But I think that Rudolph needs to be on your, on your radar. Um, he's, he's no slouch, just like Kyle Allen. Um, 
So let's get into your guys' start sit. So that's the, the listeners' questions we took on Twitter today. Um, let's get into it here. Blake, you love this one, I know. Darren Waller or Jason Witten? And this is obvious to me, but I want to hear your take. Dude, this is, this is really tough because I actually love both of these guys. Uh, this is really going to hurt me to say this, but I'm actually not going to take Jason Witten in this one. I'm going to take Waller. The main thing for me is, well, man, this is tough. But I'm just looking at, you know, the, they've put up very similar points in these two weeks. Uh, but the reason for that is Jason Witten has scored a touchdown in both of these games. Right. And I, I really think, like, if you're – I would say this. If you're trying to hit a home run this week, play Jason Witten. Because they're at they're they're at home playing Miami, there's a very legitimate chance he could score two touchdowns in this game, like very very easily. But if you want to play the safe call, I'm going to go with Darren Waller because he's had seven and six receptions in the last two games. So, averaging 65 yards, you know, if he gets five receptions and 60 yards, and then adds a touchdown on top of that, you're going to be thrilled with that that production so uh, I think the safe play is Darren Waller if you're trying to hit the home run take Jason Witten yeah so kind of the opposite there's a big volume guy with Darren Waller and then Jason Witten has hit on the touchdowns just like you said so if you're if you're looking at the just fantasy points you might be like oh Jason Witten he's the obvious play Uh, but you really have to look at the situation Darren Waller uh, does not get off the field uh, he's in almost 100% of the snaps uh, through two weeks. And you mentioned it, Blake, so 15 targets in two weeks for him. Um, one touchdown, right, puts him in the top four tight ends for a week uh, in any given week. So, yeah, Darren Waller, he's getting the volume. He is the safer option. And then if he gets you one touchdown, like I said, he's a top five play most likely. So, yes, this situation uh, with – the Miami Dolphins, obviously it's great on paper. Every Cowboy is viable this week. Any Cowboy that's seeing the field this week is a viable option. I love Devin Smith. Uh, you know that, like I've talked about it. Devin Smith, uh, big play guy. He is basically taking Michael Gallup's spot. He had three receptions for 77 yards last week and a touchdown. Um, he's that kind of boom play. Uh, but uh, Darren Waller playing against the Vikings. Look, Xavier Rose might have uh, Tyrell Williams locked down. Uh, he, Derek Carr might rely a little bit more on the checkdowns to, to Waller. So we might see a very high volume for Waller this week, uh, closer to that 10 catch range. I like Darren Waller this week. I think you, you can't really take him out of your lineup. Yep. That's pretty much what it comes down to is just go with the guy that's been getting fed the ball. Exactly. So Brandon Cooks or John Brown, 0.5 PPR. What do you think, Blake? I don't know. I think this is really tough. Uh, you're looking at the matchup and you see Cleveland. At first I'm thinking, you know, yeah, I don't really want to go up against Cleveland. But then again, you look at what the Titans did to Cleveland right. in week one. You know, obviously week two was a different story. They only allowed three points to the Jets. But week one, they allowed 43 points to the Titans. So I really don't know what defense we're going to see. Uh, and part of that could just be – the rest of the team play too. Uh, but the Titans aren't necessarily a very good offense either that we've 
you know, we just talked about that. So neither of these offenses they've played have been real good. So I think this week Cleveland's really going to have to be on their toes if they want to stop the Rams. Uh, I think I'm going to give Brandon Cooks the edge in this one, although I do like Brown. Uh, but go ahead and give me Cooks this week. I would be doing whatever I can to play both of these guys this week. Right. If you like you would I would Yeah, most like most likely Brandon Cooks like is tough to bench. It's tough to bench over John Brown. Like that's tough. Like you got that, you know, you invested highly in like a fourth, fifth round pick in Brandon Cooks. You want to start him. I get it. Jared Goff is playing on the road in Cleveland. Not the best situation for Jared Goff. His home road splits are can you can compare that to Ben Roethlisberger, really. Uh, so it's kind of like I think Brandon Cooks is still a, a, a nice play for you. But if I had to pick between the two, I would go John Brown. I think John Brown is a great play this week. I'm playing him a lot in DFS um, against this Bengals team at home. Josh Allen and John Brown, I really like that stack this week. Um, I was trying too, so they might be passing a little more. Because exactly, I I would um I would try to play both as my answer, but I would lean John Brown just because of the matchup. I like it. <clears throat> so going into Stafford and golf here. So golf obviously in Cleveland, and then Stafford uh, in Philadelphia. I'm going Stafford on this. Um, Eagles have been passed on uh, going back to last year. Uh, Roby has been a very big liability in this defense. Um, he's been getting carved up. So I really like Stafford this week, actually. I like this Lions offense in general um, because even if the Eagles go up in this game, of course, they're banged up without Deshaun Jackson. I think Alshon Jeffrey is going to play, but still going to be banged up. But then you got Stafford coming back, and we know that this guy gets fantasy points in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm loving Marvin Jones this week, loving Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is my number one wide receiver this week, Blake. Overall, that's how I'm feeling about Kenny Galladay right now. Hot take alert. <laughs> uh, but I'm going Stafford over golf. I just I think this is a, a big day for the Lions offense. I think I'm also going to go Stafford over golf, but uh, I think I think this one's going to be really close. I think the touchdown upside with Stafford is what's really going to give me the edge here. Uh, Jared Goff has not found the end zone very much this year, only twice. 186 yards in that first week. You know, Jared Goff has not looked very good. Like he said, he's back on the road too, so you got to take that in consideration. I think it's going to be a huge Todd Gurley week, uh, so that's why I don't mind the Rams at Cleveland this week, but just not really loving Jared Goff. Not really loving Matthew Stafford either, but if I had to choose, I would definitely take him. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I love this one, Blake. Duke Johnson, Damari Bird, uh, wide receiver for the Cardinals, or Devin Smith, who we talked about earlier, who was taking that Michael Gallup spot. Where are you going in this one? Ooh, dude, this is so tough, man. <laughs> I just really don't know because, like I said, I think Dallas is going to destroy Miami. Really want to say Smith, 
Bird has been getting the looks, though, from Kyler Murray. I think I'm going to take Bird, but it, this is going to be really tough. And I think it's going to come down to, like, one breakaway play or whichever one of these guys gets the touchdown. I think that's really what it's going to boil down to. But I have Bird in my lineups right now. Uh, but if you take Smith, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that decision. Yeah, I like Mari Bird a lot. Uh, I'm starting him in Scott Fishbowl this week. I'm calling my shot with him. Um, I'm glad you're feeling the same type of way. It, it's a very interesting. Uh, Duke Johnson is like a floor play here. And then you know, you know you've gotten seven targets in each game for Damari Bird so far. Uh, so that's kind of like, okay, that you have safety there, and then you also have a big ceiling because he is a big play kind of guy. And then Devin Smith is the boom play uh, between these three. So it's like, who are you facing in your league? Are they one of the higher point uh, scorers? Then you might need Devin Smith. Um, but what, what do you need just like a safe play? Is your team stacked and you just need one of these guys? Maybe I would play Duke Johnson, but I think that the real play here is Damari Bird because he's kind of that in-between. He's going to give you a safe floor with the targets. He's on the field 90% of snaps through two weeks. So right now what we're looking at is Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and Damari Bird on the field almost the entire time for the Cardinals offense. That's a lot of opportunity in a pass-first type of offense. Um, so I would go Bird, but Devin Smith in this matchup where the Dolphins have gotten destroyed by all wide receivers – you have to look there, too. If you want that boom play, I think Devin Smith is that. Um, so let's talk about Vance McDonald, Royce Freeman, Danny Amendola, or Damari Bird in PPR. Where are you going here? I'm not sure if this is tight end premium or not. No, this, this one's not tight end premium. Uh, I think I'm going to go Bird again, but I do think Vance McDonald's going to have a pretty nice week. Definitely a solid play uh, to try to get him in. At the end of the day, though, if I have an option between a wide receiver and a tight end, I'm usually going to take the wide receiver as long as it's close just because the upside's there more. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I might go Bird here. Uh, I'm ruling out Vance McDonald. Um, um, Danny Amendola might be a nice play for you. What, did he get a goose egg last week? Yeah, he, he had over 100 yards in week one. I think he got a goose egg last week. I'm not sure if he was banged up or not. Uh, but Royce Freeman is really coming into his own. Um, and they, this is a true 50-50 split with uh, Phillip. They're, oh, yeah, they're at the Packers, duh. So, yeah. good defense. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be playing Royce. So, I guess it's Bird again. And I guess that should just go and show you uh, how we feel about Demari Bird. I mean, this it could be – maybe we're wrong about it. But opportunity wins in fantasy football – 90% uh, snap count and 14 targets in two weeks. Uh, he's getting volume. So he's gotten like five catches for 45 yards, right? Like just break one play and he gets the ball in space and he really uh, is like, gets a lot of yak too. So if they get him the ball in space, just one play it takes and he's gone. So you'd feel very good about starting bird this week. If he just breaks one play. So, for this next one, it is tight end premium. So Jason Witten, Danny Amendola, or Debo Samuel. I would play Debo. I think that he has a real shot at separating himself very quickly from Marquise Goodwin and being the wide receiver one on this team. We're seeing a lot of these younger receivers take over. Um, 
you know, we saw it with DJ Chark. Right? We're kind of seeing that with AJ Brown a little bit too last night. I was noticing like AJ Brown was getting targeted a lot, uh, and, and Corey Davis was kind of the secondary option. Uh, maybe it was just because of Jalen Ramsey, but uh, I'm, we're seeing that. So I'm thinking that Debo Samuel, with the volume that he gets for the 49ers, um, I'm liking his uh, his outlook this season. So I'm going to go Debo in, in a nice matchup. Yeah, so this one's pretty obvious for me as far as the top two go. I'm going to have Debo and Witten as my top two. 49ers have scored 72 points in the first two weeks, and the Cowboys have scored 66. So definitely want somebody on both those offenses. Dallas has the better matchup this week, but I think Debo gives you a much higher ceiling. Uh, you're going to see the receptions be a little bit higher than Witten maybe, so that will probably balance out the tight end premium part. Uh, and I think his ceiling for receiving yards is much higher than Witten, although I do think that the touchdown upside maybe edges out for Witten, but give me Debo for that upside. So let's get into this last one here couple quarterbacks Carson Wentz or Josh Allen and I really didn't think we would be <laughs> having this discussion this early in the season but I think a big factor is the banged up uh, receivers for the Eagles uh, which way are you leaning Blake I think I might actually this is going to sound kind of weird I think I might actually look at who my opponent's playing and if they're if they're in a position where they had say Breeze or Big Ben and they're playing one of these backup guys, uh, a waiver wire guy, I'll go ahead and take a shot with Josh Allen because at the end of the day, their quarterback position is probably going to be a little bit lower scoring. So if Josh Allen doesn't work out, you're probably still going to be fine. But I think Josh Allen's going to provide you a much higher ceiling than Carson Wentz is going to this week. Obviously, the receivers are banged up. The matchup's not great. You know, I think that Josh Allen could be a huge play this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, that being said, I mean, it is risky, yes, but the ceiling is there. So, uh, you know, if you're going up against somebody who's playing Mahomes, I'm probably just going to take Carson Wentz and try to keep it as close as I can. But, you know, I mean, I, I think that's the way I'm going to look at it personally. Uh, I think that Josh Allen's a little more risky, but the ceiling is definitely there. Yeah, I think you can play Josh Allen comfortably. Uh, 59 rushing yards, two touchdowns in the rushing department through two weeks. Um, so I, I would probably play Josh Allen, honestly. Uh, it, I think that the Bills can move the ball pretty well in this defense. Um, so I, I would pick Allen, especially because we don't know what's going on with uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, that being said, like, you know, if Alshon isn't there, we're going to see Matt Collins – and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside um, with Nelson Aguilar. Um, those options are fine, but it still limits what Carson Wentz can do. Uh, so really it'll, it'll depend. But these guys are back-to-back -back for the season, um, in 10 and 11 respectively, with Josh Allen having the slight edge. Uh, of course, that's with Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota having a game up on them, and they both are top five options right now because of that. So, uh, but they're still back to back. Um, so, really, you're not. It's not a reach. It's not a reach to play Josh Allen at all. Um, so, I, I would lean. I would lean Allen. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Good luck in week three, guys. Uh, Blake, tell everybody real quick about what you got going on with the DFS options over on FSGN. Yeah, man, we've been killing it. We got college football, 
and NFL, both DFS and betting picks. Uh, we got our guy X over there. He's been killing it on the props lately. Uh, I need to figure out what his exact percentage is up to now, but man, he's been killing it. Uh, you're definitely making money if you're using his props. I've been making money. Uh, I've been, I haven't been real good on the totals. I'll be honest about that. I've not been good on the totals, but as far as the spreads and the money line go, I'm up around 70%. So definitely winning there. Uh, you got to go over there and check that out. It's on dfsgn.com. You can go over to the NFL DFS tab and sign up. You get in private Twitter chat with us. We help you with all this week to week stuff. Uh, any trades you get in any of your leagues and stuff too. So it's not all DFS and college football betting, but that's what we're primarily focused on. Uh, and, you know, we've been doing pretty well. Last night, our guy, RJ, he was just three points away from getting that $1,000 takedown on the 25-cent contest. So uh, if it wasn't for that big four-net run at the end, he would have had it. Wow. Wow, that is terrible. <laughs> That's unfortunate for Think RJ. about that. Four nets at negative nine yards halfway into the game, and then he gets one big run and takes you out of $1,000. That's terrible. Yeah, so check out thefsgn.com, uh, Xavier Warner, uh, and then and my guy Blake, of course. Uh, so don't forget that we are powered by full-time fantasy. Um, that's uh, Jim Day over there at Fantasy Taz. Um, you can check out the Hot Take Podcast on that website uh, through the Speaker Network over there. Um, check out fanball.com. My rankings are out every week on there also on fantasynation.com, but I do my write-ups on fanball.com with Paul Chartarian and Scott Fish, uh, part of the team. Um, to this week, Blake, I don't know, did you see my, my kicker rankings? I have some kicker rankings out. I need to check them out. Oh, man, I, I, want, I want the full – yeah, you're the kicker expert, so I want, like, the full breakdown on where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I'm the kicker expert, but I haven't been doing too well with kickers this year, unfortunately. <laughs> Zane Gonzalez this week, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Good luck this week. On behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Stephen Taroni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.